welcome back to episode five of what a beautiful podcast with me jack and i'm andy and we got a very very special episode for you guys Uh, it's not that special well it's special because we it's special because we finished phantom blood that's a special occasion for anybody to talk about yeah this is kind of like a uh, kick back and relax kind of thing like hey we made it yeah, like, we just got through, like, the first major thing, and, like, we were kind of, like, figuring things out as we went along, kind of getting into our groove, so we thought it'd be a good idea before we jump into the next major arc to just, like, take a look at some, I guess we're gonna say some housekeeping things before we move yeah. on, really. Cleaning house, like, like, when you go into your garage, you realize you left, like, all this phantom blood just lying around, no one wants just to, like, everywhere. step over it's, that. It's on the walls. Honey, where did we get all this phantom blood? I don't know. I it's think everywhere. <laughs> and you just gotta, like, hire one of those trash box places. They give you a trash box and you put trash into it. That's what we're gonna be doing with phantom blood, so we can just, like, box it up and never talk <laughs> and about it And never again. talk about it again. Yeah, we're... <laughs> after this episode, <laughs> we're never gonna be talking about phantom blood. So if you're a phantom blood fan, I guess... This was a nice five episodes for you, so yeah. <laughs> see you around, partner. So, uh, throughout our recap of the Phantom Blood manga, we said a couple things about the uh, the David Productions anime adaptation. A couple! We thought it'd be a good idea to just do like a quick overview and just thoughts on the adaptation as a whole. But, uh, before we get into it, I guess we should just make a quick note about how this techn- the David Productions anime is technically not the first time that Phantom Blood was attempted to be adapted into an it anime was form. not <laughs> and i think it's like kind of infamous at this point but i i still feel like some people probably don't know about it but there was a phantom blood movie being made in the early 2000s i believe there sure was i think it was like 2005 and yeah. it was never released uh past the theaters because i think iraqi just forbid it because yeah, it was very, so very bad. Whatever Japanese people saw the original theater runner that will be the only people in history to ever see the Phantom Blood movie. And for like it like just that sort of thing just makes you curious because it's yeah, just like, kind of like a lost a lost artifact. It's the it's kind of like you know, you're Indiana Jones and you're going to find you're going to find the uh, you know, the Holy Grail and then the guy's like, oh, choose wisely or you'll fucking die. And and then you chose bad. <laughs> you and chose that's bad. Of, that's what finding the Phantom Blood movie, movie would be like. <laughs> you get, like, destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> you go into, like, some like defunct animation studio's attic and you find, like, the original cells. And instead of your face melting, you just have to watch it forever. That's, the only, like... <laughs> that's your punishment. <laughs> you have, but yeah, so, you have sinned. <laughs> suffice to say, it was apparently not very good. I've seen like some character designs from it, and boy howdy, it is a mess. Yeah, like, I think I've seen the same things. Like all the characters look like fucking horrific. Oh yeah, Speedwagon's not in it. How's that work? What? I didn't know that. Oh yeah, Speedwagon is not in the Phantom Blood movie. <laughs> wow he's one of like four characters that actually matter (laughs) and they brought it down to three oh i i hope zapelli's in there or else like jonathan is just like talking to himself (laughs) i i'm it it could happen holy shit yeah that so 
Man, animated JoJo has had a rough past. Because, like, they had the early 90s OVAs, which I think were pretty good. Um, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm into them. They're a little, uh, they're a little hard aged. to follow if you yeah. don't already know the story. But if you know the story and you just want to watch some cool animation with your, uh, your favorite JoJo people, then I recommend them. Yeah, and a couple of episodes towards the end were uh, directed by Satoshi Kon. Uh, Kon. Uh, of which the uh, the original six episodes or the or the prequel six, uh, the originals, the one with the like the rougher animation. Yeah, but that's the that's the better one. Yeah, because he did apparently like um, effects and directing or something like something along those lines for like the final battle between Jotaro and Dio. Yeah, and, like, the, the battle with Jotaro and Dio looks really, really good in that. Opening. Yeah, it, it kind of sticks out. Like, in my mind, uh, the best the best episodes were, like, final battle and the Darby episode. Like, Yeah, because the rest of it just kind of, like, drags Happens. on for... Which is weird because it's so short, but it's almost like they spent too much time on things that didn't really matter. Like, I don't really like think... most of part three. I, I don't really think <laughs> Geb needed a whole episode, but, like... No. Who am I? Wait, who the hell was Geb? <laughs> a uh, whole episode... Oh, Nadul. Oh, that... that the blind genre. guy. Waterman. <laughs> yeah. So, like, oh, for a six-episode OBA adapting as big of a series as uh, Stardust Crusaders, I don't really think that I needed a whole episode. And that's the yeah. first episode, too. Like, rough. But if you stick through it, I think it's enjoyable. Oh, yeah. And then, like... Uh, the other OVAs, which came in the early 2000s, I'm not a big a fan. I know, Andrew, that you like them. What's that? The the other OV, like the other OVAs, the, like the cleaner ones in the 2000s. Oh, the ones that did like the beginning of the story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like them. I don't think they were anything amazing. But no, uh, no. But like you, you hold them more than I do. I I do not like those. I don't uh, like okay. The I mean, I mean, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, what really does it for me with those is I like the dub a lot. I, I, I like. Oh that. yeah, like that you lo- you like Joseph's voice. Joseph's voice is is perfect in my opinion. I think it's great. Yeah, I I've not spent as much time with the dub. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure it's good. Like I watched the Darby episode dubbed of the old OVAs just because I love listening to uh, Colonel Sanders Darby, which is <laughs> it's like Foghorn Leghorn speaking through uh colonel sanders through like astral projection and it's hilarious <laughs> mr joe star <laughs> it's it's very good it's but very good. It, it, in inclusion if you watch the stardust crusaders anime and you want to see a weird older take on it then watch yeah. i recommend the ova dub yeah, the sub, either way it's a it's a definitely a good um good way to blow blow through a couple hours it's yeah, it, I, I enjoy it. But what we're really here to talk about is the uh, David Productions anime adaptation of Phantom Blood. Which, yeah. uh, which before we give the bunch of criticisms that we both <laughs> we both share about it, let's just sure. say that regardless of everything, I am very, very happy it exists. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm looking at the original air date for the first episode, like, October 5th, 2012. Like, yep. I remember being at work and like watching the live stream of this and just beside myself because i had heard the anime was coming like earlier in the year and i devoted myself to reading like 
all of JoJo, um, like before it happened, and I did. Like I blew through it in like, like maybe seven, yeah, eight unfor- days. Unfortunately, I I wasn't I, I wasn't in the know about the JoJo until after the anime happened. But uh, you weren't in the Joe. Yeah, I was in the Joe. So I, I I you know I don't have as much history, but uh, the Phantom Blood anime is what set the whole thing off for me. So I'm mm-hmm. like I'm very much appreciative of it. Cause yeah, I, I it was the introduction that I really needed because I heard a lot of talk about JoJo, but it all seemed like super niche and super like yeah. you need to know all. It was such an undertaking, but the but watching the Phantom Blood anime really just like cruised me on in there, you know. Yeah, it, um, JoJo can definitely seem like an inscrutable series because it's one of those things. It's like been running for so long that people who want to get into it have no idea really where to start and they're like you kind of just have to start at the beginning or else you're going to be real confused and but with this the anime it's given people a much more accessible place to just jump in like you don't need to devote so much time to reading a bunch of fluff like and (laughs) when it was david production that was announced like i don't know if you watched what david production did prior to jojo (laughs) No. But oh boy. Um <laughs> Well, they did uh they assisted Sunrise with uh Code Gaius uh R2, okay. which I guess is like the second oh, season. Oh, okay. So that's not good. <laughs> oh, I I wouldn't know. I've never watched uh Gaius. Um, it, well, Code Gaius is great a great one season of anime. <laughs> it's a shame they never made a second one. Kind of like Darker Than Black. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they help Bones on Soul Eater. I guess that's cool. A bunch of other, like, some stuff I've heard of, never watched. And then Bento. And that was literally the only thing I knew about David Production. Which, I'm not yeah. sure. Did this you, is all new information Bento? to me. Oh, yeah. No, Bento. everything you're saying is new to me. <laughs> okay, yeah. Bento was a fight fighting anime uh, a, over, like, discount um, food sets at like Japanese uh, convenience stores like oh like they have like bento boxes and then like right before the store closes they mark them down 50%. And this is an anime about people that fight over those discounted foods. And then it turned then it got like real up its own ass about like 3 quarters of the way in and I stopped watching. So that's why like I was kind of concerned. <laughs> but it that turns is very out, strange, but I guess it's a neat idea. Yeah, it it was very cool for the like the first part where it's just about that idea. Um but yeah, and then that they did that in 2011 and then they started Joe's in 2012 and it seems almost miraculous that it even exists. Yeah, it's it's really wild. Like first season was 2012, 2013, then Star Wars Crusaders was 2014, 2015 and here we are with Diamond is not crash for 2016. Diamond is not crash. Diamond I, I, is never crash. I can't believe that there there is a subsect of of Joe's people that still insists on that title. That was always a poor translation of the title, <laughs> and but it's, it's just, a fun translation. It's a oh, I think it's funny, but it's it's funny until people start insisting that that's actually what it's called. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> that's nonsense. Yeah, no, of course not. Yeah, um, but yeah. So let's get down to brass tacks and talk about why uh, the retros, like the retrospective 
on David Productions Phantom Blood or okay, so nine episodes. Yeah, so it's nine episodes, which is a good thing. It's a very good thing. Yeah, short. Uh, it's very. So that's good. a big positive. But I guess we should just go ahead and you know all of our love and like praise and everything. We'll just put that out there and then just say that as an anime, like mm-hmm. in let's just take it outside of itself. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awful. Yes, if it were not, <laughs> because the only way it works is because of um like the creative ways they found to cut budget while still making like a stylistic show because like yeah joe has always been known for um well past part one i guess like its style it's like (sighs) there's always been like weird colors weird Mm -hmm. like dress sort of things so the decisions David Production made kind of seemed natural, but they also hid that they, like, made this on, God, calling it a shoestring budget, like, insults shoestrings. Like, yeah, they had, it, this was made with, like, like zero dollars. Like, I can pull, yeah. like, the hundred dollars out of my wallet right now, and that's probably just about <laughs> what they had. Yeah, that was, like, <laughs> that's what they paid everybody, like, in a week. It's like, oh, God, how do we do this? How do we do this? Well, turns out, if you only draw one frame of animation and color it a bunch of different times and like pan it around, you can save a lot of money. Oh like, god, yeah. The thing is basically a slideshow. Like yeah, if, you make, is... if you go into PowerPoint and you set the cheesy animations in PowerPoint, it's not too far off because no. a lot of it, especially the especially the dialogue scenes are just uh just straight up a slideshow. Yeah, and, like, you have talking heads kind of, like, drifting side to side. You might have some creative use of, like, shadow tones or, like, some wacky, like, plaid pattern. One of the animators, like, found on a shirt in, like, a 100 yen store. Um, yeah. And, and that's fun. But in in where it gets more fast-paced, like, they use, it looks okay, but you yeah, can the tell, fights like, the fights are all right. Like the the fight between uh, Jonathan and Dio in the burning Joestar mansion is always memorable to me. I think they did a yeah, pretty good job with that. Yeah, it's super cinematic. It also helped that they basically used the manga as storyboards. So yes. presumably they were able to save a little bit of money there. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean it's pretty much other than stuff that got cut out is like a is a complete one to one panel for panel adaptation of the manga. Yeah, especially which is like, a good thing and a bad thing. But yeah, they even like recreated like continuity errors because apparently, like in in the mansion burning fight, um, like Jonathan, there's some weird continuity thing with like the spear that he's holding. Like he drops it, but then he picks it up again as he's falling, and like yeah. they just recreated that. So good on them, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the idea of like having a straight like a complete direct adaptation of things because as in i think the phantom blood anime shows is that manga and and animation are two very very different mediums they sure are (laughs) and uh daily production i don't think really understood that when they made the phantom blood anime yeah but for what they had at the time like this no-name studio given the chance to make this like 
award-winning, long-running series. They they knuckled down and put in the work to oh, make God, themselves yeah. a solid base. Oh, God, like, yeah. That's what I was saying before. It's just like, I, I love it to death, and I'm very happy that it exists. I just think there are some very obvious flaws with it. Like, it definitely does not hold up as the as the anime goes on. Like, even just compared to the Battle Tendency anime, oh, it, yeah. it's super weak. Yeah, it... Uh, they kind of, like, skimped here so they could, like, spend more on Battle Tendency, which is fine. And which is a good, good ten- decision, yeah. Yeah, very good decision. Because um, uh, that worked out well for them, because Battle Tendency really, like, was a lot more popular than Phantom Blood was. Oh, yeah, it's always been, like, the superior early JoJo part. And, like, looking back at the Phantom Blood anime, it's an excellent part. It's, like... If you want to get into JoJo, just, like, sit down, peel off a couple hours, like, and blow through it. If you like what oh, you I see... Oh, I recommend it. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll talk all the shit in the world, but, like, I still recommend it. I think it's the best oh, way yeah. to get into JoJo. Like, that, yeah. may be, that may be blasphemy to some people, but I don't recommend reading Phantom Blood. I recommend watching it if you're trying to get into JoJo. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, watch Phantom Blood, see if you like it. <laughs> Like, Crunchyroll finally put it up in 2014. I didn't realize it took two years for them to start streaming it. Yeah. Which is... God. R.I.P. fan subs. Um, Because there was, like, five of those guys just, like, pumping out stuff. And it was... (laughs) It it was fun, because you were always like, which one do I pick? Which one... Which one... This guy does goofy subs. This one does, like, cool music in there. It was... It was... A cool time but yeah Crunchyroll has it all these days give it a shot see if you like it but phantom blood it's nine episodes of those nine episodes like five have cool stuff in them maybe yeah there's like well i think i think it all depends on how you feel about the beginning of phantom blood with the jonathan and dio interactions and the childhood scenes and everything i'm sure. personally really into that that story I think it's really good, so, like, I like that. But, like, if mm-hmm. you're just interested in, like, the later parts of part one where after all the shit went down, then you pretty much get, like, three episodes of good content out of that. Yeah, which is fine. You know, yeah, because you have the uh, the Blueford Tarkus uh, part is uh, mm-hmm. very good, I think. Yeah, those, fight, those fights are, like, Blueford fight is great. The And then Tarkus, like, knife-edge deathmatch is very cool yeah then, i think the uh the final battle with dio is a little underwhelming in the anime yeah. it, it, not they don't really do all that much no well to be fair they don't do a whole lot in the manga either it's true it's true but like, see, like the manga it's just like it leaves a little more to the am- imagination yeah you make your own in-betweens while david he, production did not make their again, own in-betweens he, again using the manga as a storyboard storyboard uh good things and bad things <laughs> yeah it comes and goes yeah but, but uh they, they did they did a good job watch it like great entry point to jojo laugh laugh at the weird if you're not watching the blu-rays watch it laugh at the weird uh anatomical discrepancies and the yeah. fact that uh <laughs> jonathan looks like a gorilla made out of boulders at some points <laughs> Like everyone looks like they're kind of made, he like hewn from rock. That's kind of, that's the style they yeah, went for I, here. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a fair thing to say. Yeah, because there's a lot of sharp edges. 
Like you can just see it looking at the character designs. Like I'm imagining it was like a cheap way, like to get stuff going, like and a and a stylistic choice as well. Yeah, because you know what it is. You you from watching that, it's such a great mm-hmm. entry into JoJo because you get a lot of the style vibes from it. Like sure. you you start to pick up on things. Like you get the colors changing. You get. Mm-hmm like the music like using roundabout by yes as the ending theme was brilliant brilliant and i still think uh sono chino sadame the opening to part one is still my favorite jojo opening it's like a goddamn masterpiece it's it it was very good at um showing like fans of jojo that they were in it for the long count because like you had all the jojos like in oh the yeah, opening. they they flash all of them in the beginning. Yeah, They're just like cool. they were just like this isn't a fucking game. Like we're doing this, we're here. And also using CG for the opening animation was smart because it's still the best looking thing in all of the Phantom Blood anime. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is, Andrew. It sure and it's just... is. <laughs> well, you know, it was cool because it made me think about uh, when I first saw the CG in the opening. It's like, oh, that looks like All Star Battle, and I was like. Yeah, it's pretty similar looking. Turns out. <laughs> Turns out it's probably the same exact character models. <laughs> yeah. It looks good. It, I, I, I still have, like, I think I like Bloody Stream a little bit more. Just because it, it's, it's more peppy and fun. Yeah, uh, fair enough. I, I just, man, the, uh, the, first, uh, the first part opening just gets me going. Oh, in like yeah, a it's big so way. hyped. Yeah, it's so every, hype. just like the part where the, the guy, the guy that sings it, is just yelling the lyrics, and then like Jonathan is walking up the stairs, and Dio oh, is sitting yeah. in his throne, and you're just like, it, yes, yes, so yes. Good. It makes it makes Phantom Blood see way more hype than it actually is. And then the episode starts, and it's like Jonathan fucking around in a lake, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. I guess yeah, I'll watch it, this. It, it, it's just funny how how many people, like, know about the song Roundabout because of JoJo. And, like, that's a great thing because that's, like, a really amazing classic rock song. Oh, sure. From a really amazing band. And Uh-oh. I'm glad, I'm you know, it's funny because, like, you know, Araki always talk, has said in the past that Yes is probably his favorite band. And it's funny that I guess David Production must have known that because it seems like an easy choice for the first uh, opening to the anime. Oh, especially, like... You mean ending? Ending, rather, yes, ending. Yeah, and especially once they start using different pieces of it. Um, oh uh, God, yeah, because it's a, it's <laughs> a long song, and they took and they took advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a reason it spawned the meme. Like, how many how many years removed are we from like roundabout as the ED, and people are still like using it as a meme? Well, yeah, because you know what? It's just that that guitar part. Like put making the song start <laughs> during the cliffhanger yeah, was like the it, most brilliant thing they ever did. It's super clever, and they make great use of that during Battle Tendency, which is a great way to segue oh. into Battle Tendency. <laughs> oh God! All right, so we're gonna be next up. Sorry, next episode we're gonna be recapping the Battle Tendency manga. And Jack, you might know what what chapter does that is if what chapter does that begin on? Forty five, because the last chapter of Phantom Blood is forty four. I remember that okay. very distinctly because I ye- yelled a shout of pure joy upon learning <laughs> it. It's like yes, only forty four. I live again. 
So, uh, Phantom Blood is longer than Fan. Uh, I'm sorry. Battle Tendency is longer than Phantom Blood. Phantom like, Blood by... is longer than Phantom Blood. Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I Battle Tendency. Mess. Battle Tendency, I think, is is like twice as long as Phantom Blood. Yeah, yeah you have the volumes. Like yeah, uh, it's uh, it's going on four volumes, and I'm really? I'm not sure if that matches up exactly with the japanese releases i'm not sure Heck, like how many how many volumes is uh battle tendency compared to uh phantom blood with your jojoniums well i don't have the fourth volume battle tendency yet but i think that's the last one and uh phantom phantom blood is uh three volumes okay eh. yeah like maybe one and a half like two times as long yeah the pages are a little bigger in the jojoniums than they were in probably the original releases of the graphic yeah. novels and yeah so regardless it's longer and but see here's the thing though is that it's like it's like wow is it better like yeah. wow doesn't it not feel like it's longer because the pacing is so good and the characters pacing. are so good what? and the storyline <laughs> is so good and the antagonists are fucking brilliant and I oh, just like so I can't sing uh, Battle Tendency's praises enough. And to this day, after experiencing all the JoJo there is to experience, I still consider it one of my favorite parts. Oh yeah, like even looking at all the other parts that had so many like different um, narrative arcs, like the Battle Tendency is a fairly like straightforward battle manga, like. Yeah, it, but it's just like so perfect and so and such good pure just shonen oh, action. Oh yeah, it's shonen like basically honed to a pure edge. It's yeah, and it revels in it because like it's almost it's almost like Joseph Joestar knows he's a character in a fight in a fight book. Yeah, and that's another good thing we can talk about. How I, I still uh, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that Joseph Joestar is easily the best jojo and he's, that's he's definitely up there yeah he's just he's absolute perfection he joseph Joestar, he's also well i guess i guess him and jotaro have like pretty much equal amount of time in the manga but uh he's pretty much one of the longest staying characters in the whole series and that's a damn good reason because he imbo- he pretty much just embodies everything Iraqi wanted to do with JoJo. He's just yeah. So he, he's charismatic. He's funny. He's kind of an idiot. He rambles a lot. He's incredibly powerful. He's just like the whole package. Yeah. So to like break it down, because we're we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We're just yeah. very excited to be done with Phantom Blood and onto a good part. We're gonna be very <laughs> sad when we're done Battle Tendency and. Are staring down the barrel of Stardust Crusaders. <laughs> At least I will. Yeah. I'm not, I can't speak for you, Andrew. Uh, I'm not looking. I'm not very much looking forward to it. But... Yeah, I'm probably gonna like skim some chapters there because. Yeah. Whew. All right. So Battle Tendency um, skips uh, like a family generation. So Joseph Joestar is Jonathan's uh, grandson. Grandson. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, Jonathan had a son who was uh, George Joestar II, um, who has a light novel <laughs> named after him that is probably the most bonkers thing, like, 
tangentially related to the JoJo universe. Like, <laughs> if you can find a translation, like, seek it out after you've read everything else about JoJo, because boy, is it a trip. I haven't read all of it, but that, some of the excerpts I've seen, it's crazy. So, George Joestar, like, you find out more about him in Battle Tennessee, but he existed, he had a son, that son was Joseph Joestar. Like, George Joestar II is dead, mom presumed dead, he's an orphan, uh, taken care of by the Speedwagon Foundation, which is a company headed up by our good friend Speedweed. Yeah, he's an oil tycoon now. He, he was dying in the desert and found an oil well, and now he's <laughs> rich as Midas. And it's so cool. Speed, Speedweed turned his life around so hard. Oh, and man. thank I God wonder, for it. I wonder if after he got rich, he went back to Ogre Street and like gave some... Like, helped his boys out? Probably not. That was probably like a one-way ship journey. Like Yeah. Um, but... He's an oil tycoon. He's still got all of his scars, so he looks like this cool, like, grizzled old man. He's still very afraid. Oh, yeah. Old Speedwagon is arguably even better than young Speedwagon. Oh, yeah, because he, he's got <laughs> all the years, but, like, behind him. And he's just like, I am way too old to deal with these fucking vampires. <laughs> I've basically too much shit. <laughs> So basically, uh, Speedwagon uses all the money and and influence he gains to basically just like uh, honor honor the legacy of Jonathan. Yeah, and he does that. His big part of that is taking care of uh, Joseph and Arena, who is still alive and is a now a cranky old lady. Funny yeah, enough, pretty great. <laughs> but yeah, Speedwagon <laughs> Granny Arena is a way better character than a young, uh, oh yeah, British girl Arena. Totally. But that's like, kind of a theme in Battle Tendency, is making characters great. Pretty much. And Speedwagon Foundation takes care of the Joe Stars, dabbles in, like, it's oil company, like, science company, archaeology, which comes up in a big way later. Um, pretty much the setup is you have, you have Joseph Joe Star, who has to deal with the after effects of um like what phantom blood brought about like we talked before about fate paying a uh playing a big part in jojo like throughout and how the actions of one generation trickle down to the next generation and how that works out <laughs> yeah battle ways. tendency like sets like sets that in stone as a major theme of jojo because yeah. it works so brilliantly as a sequel because it just takes all the things that happen in Phantom Blood and it's just mm -hmm. like, here are the consequences of the of Jonathan and Dio's actions. And it, yeah. you see it reverberate throughout, not not just like the Joestar family and their friends, but like the whole world. Yeah. See how like Dio was kind of the precursor to the conflict that now Joseph has to face. Like, yeah, it's a similar sort of conflict. But the stakes are definitely raised in a way. Yeah, the that... stakes are raised, and it brings the uh, the concept of the stone mask back, but it puts it in a, a bigger context and makes it seem more important than it was in Phantom Blood. Whereas in Phantom Blood, the stone mask thing felt more like like a I guess like a MacGuffin more than anything. Yeah, it was a plot device. Yeah, but in, in Battle Tendency, the whole legend of the stone mask feels integrated into everything that happens, and it yeah. makes it it makes it like a really big deal definitely definitely it's 
Stone mask. Goddamn stone mask. <laughs> you have the stone mask in part two, and you got the stone fruits in part eight. It's full fucking circle. <laughs> yep. And and also the the crazy vampire Mayans are involved. Crazy enough. That yeah, one the... like those couple pages in the beginning of Phantom Blood that Blood were uh, essential. They they were essentially just like uh, I guess like just bullshit backstory at one point, but Araki managed to just like take it and really do something crazy with it. And oh, you, oh, you don't think he had the whole thing planned out from day one? You don't think like he he etched everything in stone and never no, retconned a thing? <laughs> this is this is Araki. This is not like Christopher Nolan or something. Araki. <laughs> We we love we love Iraqi, but he 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 definitely uh, took things as they came when it came to JoJo. But that's a yeah. big part of its charm, really. Yeah, he kind of kind of plays it fast and loose with the canon. Yeah, and like that's a good thing. I appreciate that because I don't. I'm not really big into when when like certain canons are very very strict personally. Yeah, but those Mayan people come back up in a big way. Uh, they're the primary antagonists, as we'll talk about in the coming weeks. And as before, um, Joseph Joestar will enlist the help of a Zapelli. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not going to be all friendship and good times like before, where Baron Zeppeli was just like, yeah, I'm going to teach you some of these sick kung fu tricks, and we're going to go kick the shit out of a vampire, and I'm going to die. No, uh, yeah, the the younger the younger Zapelli is definitely a very very different character than than the old Baron. He's yeah. definitely a little bit more angry, and he's definitely a lot more into uh, I I don't I don't think you know like meet meeting the ladies. Oh yeah, he's a he's a regular <laughs> old Casanova Caesar is. Oh boy, he's. He's basically just a big old Italian stereotype, and I love him for it. <laughs> yeah, you would, you would know. <laughs> yes, he. <laughs> I love that they meet where one Joseph is just eating a big plate of pasta. It couldn't have been better. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Well, you know what? It's not. It's not the first or or the last time that uh, that the jo- JoJo's has um messed around with the italian culture to put it that oh, way god and it's <laughs> it is it, i love it i, I love that because i'm just thinking I'll, of, i love seeing it get the get the shaft oh yeah i'm just thinking of like gyro and like how he was kind of italian but <laughs> like <laughs> italian question mark <laughs> i really would love to know if Iraqi got like like bullied by an italian kid or something like, <laughs> he got bullied by an italian kid and his italian dog and that's, <laughs> and that's why every single dog that you see in jojo gets it's like face eaten or cut in half <laughs> that that's the reason because when Araki was 14 he got beat up by an italian and barked at by an italian dog <laughs> But, but yeah. um, yeah. So that's kind of like a like, I guess battle tendency in a nutshell. Without getting too deep into the spoilers. Yeah, we don't want to talk about what the we're same gonna. What, what battle tendency really is is just like 
just like simple simple like simplicity just like just done so well and there's so many lovable characters and the villains are great and it's really like a huge step forward for the series as a whole and is really what kind of like gave it the staying power because oh, it just yeah. builds on its themes and, and it leaves you feeling good at the end which is nice phantom blood didn't really have the happiest ending in the universe yeah battle tendency has a pretty good ending like it it doesn't seem so good at first but then like it's cool just joe star goes on to part three and part four it's got a pretty happy life he's yeah except except for all the uh the, the whole the having a having a bastard son and everything. <laughs> yeah, but who doesn't have a bastard son in that day and age? Like, <laughs> like people had a car, they had a color TV, they had a bastard son. It, it was, it was right, just right, another right, check right. mark. And like, it, it was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I'm just thinking about all the cool moments and. Battle yeah, I, I can't wait to spend a, spend a few weeks with with my friend Joseph. I'm very excited. Oh yeah, I'm just thinking about Spaghetti Ripple and Stroheim. Oh my god! Like the ancillary characters in Battle Tendency, like because there were four characters in Phantom Blood that meant anything, and in Battle Tendency, that's open to like ten, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, ten. now that you mentioned Von Stroheim, another interesting thing about Battle Tendency is yeah. the way it takes advantage of its uh, pre-World War II setting. Oh, yeah, definitely. It actually does, like, a surprising amount of interesting stuff with that, and the way it, pl it like, paints the motivations and, um, I guess, morality of certain people in, in ways that you wouldn't really expect. Like, you, you might be a little surprised by the way some characters are portrayed. So, oh, like, yeah. that's interesting. And I, I think one of the bigger things I took away from it, because I was kind of surprised... But, yeah, um, the, not the first time Nazis have showed up in Iraqi's work. Um, yeah. A couple Nazis showed up in Magic Boy BT, which at some point we'll talk about in, like, an off episode when we're just, like, burnt out on something. We'll read, like, yeah. Magic Boy BT, maybe Gorgeous Irene, if we're feeling, <laughs> if we're feeling uh, masochistic. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's a big ask. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so... We're going to have a lot of fun with Battle Tendency, so stick with us as we go through that whole thing. But yeah. um, moving on, we had a shocker, another great episode of the Diamonds Unbreakable anime that happened this past week. Just a solid string of like quality episodes. I don't think it's ever going to stop. I mean, I'm thinking about it. And, like, the only off note I can see is Cinderella, like, when we have to go back to Yukiko. Um, but I thought that would yeah, be... Yeah, that, that, that part... See, that part was, like, kind of boring to me in the manga, but I feel like the way the anime is done is so brilliant that it, it might just, like, elevate it to something a little more. Yeah, they did a really good job with um, Yukiko's, like, first arc. Like, they, yeah. they made her, like really cool and really scary so they're probably going to do something similar with the cinderella arc um they'll probably do a good job with fatty like yeah we'll see i mean Araki didn't really do a good job with fatty <laughs> yeah fatty kind of comes and goes like literally like leaves on the wind 
Yeah, not really, not really the the high point of part four, but you know it can't all be perfect. That's that's the that's one of the beautiful things about JoJo is that it's never really perfect. It's always rough around the edges, and sometimes you cut yourself on those edges. <laughs> oh boy, but yeah, this week was let's go hunting, which yep, is also... a little bit of a a break yeah, between. Technically a filler episode, but it does not feel like feel like a filler episode. Oh yeah, because the whole episode is just some good ass, uh, good ass Josuke and Jotaro, just uh, hanging out, you know, just going hunting together. Yeah, like the episode literally starts with Jotaro knocking on Josuke's door, is like, Get, "We're going hunting. Come on, let's go." And then <laughs> opening. <laughs> And that was a very I, like, good. They don't usually don't even really have cold openings like that in JoJo, and like that was just brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, it was a ve- it was very good comedic timing. So, what what this episode is like? We find out that Akira Toishi, like when he had the bow and arrow that gives people stands, like after you shoot them, like in the face, apparently because you gotta shoot people in the face with this bow and arrow and you get a stand. You get a stand. Um. So he shot a rat with the bow and arrow and it turns out because animals can have stands which is something we learned in part three uh the rat got a stand and it's <laughs> and it's been uh it's not being a good rat <laughs> no no it is not so what this what the stand does which i think like the stand is also named rat like yeah it's with two t's it's named after a hair metal band oh, okay is that all right i I knew it was, yeah. like, named after a band. I just wasn't sure, like, what the genre of music was. Which, big surprise. <laughs> I don't know Jack about music. Jack is not aware of classic music. What a surprise! <laughs> but, uh, Rat actually is a, is a pretty interesting stand. And kind of like a precursor to some of the more mechanical stands that show up later on like in JoJo. parts, like, way parts in the future, like rat kind of looks like Heya's head <laughs> just yeah <laughs> so what rat is it's basically a bucket with a gun on it <laughs> yeah, yeah it is that when it flips around it can shoot a gun which is like it shoots a dart which has a very specific kind of poison which jotaro i think at one point calls stand poison <laughs> which yeah I, I, I don't know about the uh i don't know about the ac- accuracy of that statement yeah <laughs> so this so what this stand poison does is melt you like in yeah, the grossest it, it way you. possible it's disgusting this is honestly one of the more gruesome uh episodes up to this point oh it, yeah um, it gets pretty hard to watch especially when the blu-ray comes out oh god like i was surprised at the parts they didn't censor like yeah, they censored, I, was, I was shocked. They sent like they censored the parts where Jotaro's like bits and bobs are melting, but not the part oh. where his, the entire side of his body is melting. Yeah, apparently that was fine. It was cool, but yeah, I, they... I, I, I dug it, but it was just definitely a little hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That we can talk about how the animation continues to improve because My wow, God. did this episode look really good? Like you want <laughs> going from Phantom Blood to this is like. Like wow, astonishing. Jotaro's like, never looked better. He had his like his face is like so much more defined. Like 
they did a really good job of actually making him look like he's aged 10 years since Stardust Crusaders. Like, you can tell from looking at him. Yeah, and the differences in art style, like, everyone is more rounded. They don't have those weird lines on their face to, like, denote separation. Like, they look like yeah. people. Yeah, they look like people, and, like, the shadowing is super nice. Oh, and God. The no, shading is really good, and it, it finally feels like they're able to bridge the gap between the anime and the manga visually. Definitely. They like they took the sum of the artistic changes to part four and like mixed them all together and made this look, and it looks so good, especially in these last couple episodes where the line weight, they've just done these thick lines, like just weaving in and out yeah i don't know what happened because part four the anime already looked better than stardust crusaders but now it's just like you know it it's actually on a whole nother level because this is the first time i've looked at jojo the anime and said wow this looks great the animation is great even compared to other anime that's coming out right now like it actually looks really good yeah and i sure i never said that when stardust crusaders was coming out it always like was serviceable but i never thought wow this is great yeah it was okay it, like, yeah. it got the job done. But, like, and it's not, like, the director of the episode that changed, because I'm looking at the list of directors, and, like, going from, like, let's, like, the Rohan arc that we just did to Let's Go Hunting, different director. So maybe, like, now that the money's rolling in from this part, they can just, like, do this. Yeah, because, I mean, this part has easily been the biggest success of the anime adaptation so far. Oh, definitely. So and, like, dang, it shows. <laughs> So, getting back to, like, this plot, uh, Jotaro and Josuke, like, go after this rat. They find out that it's, like, it's coming out of the sewer pipe, and which leads to a farmhouse. So they go to this farmhouse. Oh, man, I forgot, like, the key part the, about practicing with the ball bearings. God. Oh, right, yeah. Come on, Jack. Oh, my God. So before... Yeah, so... Go, yeah, so go basically, Jotaro is trying to teach Josuke how to fire bullets with Crazy Diamond because guns aren't good enough. You're going to use your stand. And yeah, it's really funny because J- Josuke is just like really nervous about it for some reason. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I, my mind wanders whenever I think about balls. <laughs> I don't know what's up. Yeah, that was so good. <laughs> it's just like balls. I don't know. <laughs> can't stop thinking about balls. So, yeah, so they they each take some ball bearings, like, uh, so the plan is to, like, like flick them with their stands with the force of a bullet. Jotaro's got Star Platinum the world, which probably the best incarnation of Star Platinum. Like, it just... Oh, easily. He's yeah, perfect. he looks Yeah, he looks so cool. Like, yeah. He, do, he doesn't change much from here to part six, but, like, part four, Star Platinum, top, top star, top star. Yeah. So going back to the farmhouse they they got their ammo like jotaro goes off somewhere like he he goes he explores another part of the house josuke yeah, he gets goes a, upstairs yeah he gets a re- josuke gets a real bad vibe from this fridge in the kitchen and then the fridge opens by itself and yep. in it he sees the previous occupants of the farmhouse <laughs> uh an old couple who have been melted together in a gelatinous cube and this leads to the big plot hole of the episode where I think I think I've, everybody I've talked to that watched the episode has said the same thing. And why didn't Josuke heal them? Look, he was in the moment. All right. They were still technically alive. Yeah. Technically alive. 
<laughs> so they're melted into this cube, and then Josuke sees that this rat, who is about the size of a small schnauzer, had, like opened the fridge door and is just gnawing at this cube of old people meat. Just like mm-hmm. going to town, just like sticking his face in there and just like getting all the <laughs> succulent morsels. And, and Josuke. Oh boy. <laughs> Josuke sees this, is understandably disgusted, and. Yeah. <laughs> he locks eyes with this rat just for like a solid minute. <laughs> and he's able to make the shot, like, and just pierce this thing right through the belly with one of his ball bearings, and it's dead. So. He thinks, like, oh, yeah, I killed that fucking rat. Now I'm going to go home, wash my eyes out with bleach, and just vomit for, like, ten hours. Because <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's what I would have done. Because can you imagine the smell? Not oh, good. Yeah, Not it's, good at all. It, it's not great. <laughs> so after Josuke is in the shootout with the rat, he, he, what he doesn't do is heal the old people. What he does do is brag to Jotaro about how he just killed the rat. <laughs> it, which was, like, a fine time indeed. Yeah. And then, and Jotaro... then they, they forget about the old people. <laughs> yeah, they fuck off, like, uh, the rest of the way on their hunting trip. And then Jotaro's like, oh yeah, found out there were two rats. And then he holds up his Dumbledore hand, like, which has been shot by the other rat. I guess rat two, rat one and rat two. And it's just, they censored it, but I can only imagine it's like the droopiest gelatinous hand that you've ever seen. Oh God. Yeah. It's probably disgusting. Yeah. It's gross. So Josuke crazy diamonds that away. So that's cool. So then they find it, then they got to go hunt this other rat. Um, and Jotaro gives Josuke a couple bullets because they figure out that the second rat is smarter than the first one, so they gotta come at it like from greater distance. Like it's not gonna let them get close now that it knows they've got a p- couple of punch ghosts at their sides. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then <laughs> Josuke does the thing <laughs> when he 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 gets the bullets from Jotaro and. He, he just go he, like, even, like, Star Platinum has that, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Crazy Diamond has that look on his face. He's just, like, pressure. Just, like, what am I, what am, these are bullets. You can hurt yeah. someone with these. Did you know, did you know that you handed me bullets? I just, I just love, uh, like, like, upset Crazy Diamond was, like, one of my favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, <laughs> like, when stands reflect, like, the the emotions of their user because it's always fun to see like these biomechanical punch ghosts like with like sad or <laughs> oh yeah like uh uh silver chariot used to do that all the time and it was always oh great. i mean silver chariot always looked like he was having a perpetual living nightmare he always <laughs> looked he always looked like <laughs> there's this one tweet uh it was like describing how harrison ford looked giving a speech it, it was like he was watching a ghost eat a sandwich and it was like the most fucked up thing you'd ever seen <laughs> so that's what i was thinking of like silver chariot is always seeing a ghost eat a sandwich perpetually and it's so frightening jesus but anyway yeah they find out like this rat has holed up on this hill 
they have to approach the rat like from the bottom of the hill. Uh, Josuke is going to cover Jotaro. Jotaro gives him the rest of the bullets. And for those who have not remembered, Jotaro can stop time. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. Like, and I think the biggest plot hole in this episode is like, God damn it, Jotaro, you can stop time. <laughs> you have well, honestly, power. you know, uh, someone said that to me too, and but he can't stop time for as long as Dio could. Jotaro can only do it for like three seconds. Yeah. Which but, really isn't enough to stop time and then kill the rat. I feel like it's not long enough. But so like, I, I, you can kind of explain it away. Sure, but if Jotaro had a bullet and stopped time and kind of like circle, like circle strafed the rat and then fired the bullet when he was time stopped, I what? He's a chronomancer. Jotaro is a chronomancer <laughs> for Christ's sake. All right, well, fair enough, but you know what? It, <laughs> you you think that's the only time there's been something ridiculously overpowered in JoJo that they just don't use because it would break everything? <laughs> Hi, Purple Haze, how are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing fine, poor, thanks for asking. Um, poor Purple Haze. <laughs> He's such a cool-looking stand. Yeah, RIP. But anyway, so the rat, they're, like, trying to track down the rat, and, like, Josuke's got the binoculars, and they're, like, doing the whole thing. Yeah. And the rat shoots one of his poison darts, and it hits Josuke in the neck, which, oh no, Josuke can't heal himself, which is bad. So... But, uh, <laughs> then Jotaro does the thing, he stops time and yells, Stop letting him, Zawaldo! And it's like, oh man, he said it. Yes, there it is. He said it. He fucking said it. We have a title. (laughs) And And that was sick. And then he uh, took the barb out of uh, Josuke's neck before the poison could spread. Not just the barb, also a good good old-fashioned neck neck chunk. (laughs) Yeah. Just so the poison could spread. And then it's such a a classic Jotaro line. He's like... Put a ba- just put a band-aid on it. <laughs> I mean, he's, a, he's definitely an autist. He's definitely an autist. And he's also a professor of marine biology. <laughs> God bless him. I wonder, Which how many, is... I wonder how many dolphins he's hugged. Probably. probably I, I just love to imagine Jotaro just, like, being friends to all the fish. Yeah, he's, a, he's like Aquaman. <laughs> he's just a... <laughs> He's if Aquaman was cool and could stop time. All right, listen. Aquaman is cool. He can't stop time, but Aquaman listen, man, is cool. I I saw Batman versus Superman, and Aquaman Jack, was in it. Jack. <laughs> he was not cool. Jack. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Aquaman goes up the uh, goes up the hill. To distract the rat. Well, not Aquaman has a bullet at the bottom of the hill. (laughs) (laughs) So, Josuke's feeling the pressure. Uh, Jotaro stops time a couple more times. Ha. And the the rat figures out that Jotaro's a chronomancer, which, like... Game recognized game. That rat was was a very good stand user. Like, oh god, yeah. He was able to like predict where Jotaro would stop time and move to, 
and ricocheted a barb off a rock, and then Jotaro starts to melt into um, like the end game from "I have no mouth yet I must scream," which whew, it's horrifying. Oh God, yeah, that game was uh, something. Mm-hmm. So, Josuke's feeling the heat and locks eyes again with the rat and takes the final shot. And it's it was such a cool moment with the music going and the slow motion. And he just, like, nails the rat right through its forehead mm-hmm. and just, like, splatters it. So, and then presumably, he'll, like, heals Jotaro. They go back, heal the old couple. D- done good hopefully and <laughs> let's just hope that he actually went back to heal the old couple maybe he didn't maybe he's a sociopath and he just <laughs> didn't no he's the kindest jojo um yes and then that's the end of the episode yeah it, it's de- it was definitely a filler episode but it was an entertaining filler episode oh for sure um part four has a couple more of those uh, like Enigma Boy, uh, like um, Boy to Man, like the rock paper scissors, like Sky Fight. Uh, I'm looking. Oh forward yeah, to, I'm looking That's forward gonna be to like. So- well, because you know what's funny is that all the I feel like all the upcoming all the later filler episodes all involve Rohan somehow. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, Mikataka. Oh man, I'm so excited for Mikataka. Oh dude, yeah. Oh man, we have so much more good ass uh, Demon is Unbreakable to get through. It's yeah. gonna be. Especially since, like, the series about to make a major turn starting next week, and it's going to get just get real good, and I can't yeah. wait. Next week is when um, we finally, like, get to, like, the main A plot of Diamond is Unbreakable. Because, like, the first core, the first 13 episodes have been primarily focused on setting up the town, um, like, the whole, like, the world, these characters, establishing, like, what their goals, um, like, what they're trying to do. Yeah, because in fact, probably more than any other JoJo part, the uh, the location and the knowing about the daily lives of the citizens of Moro is just very important to the story. Oh yes, because now you just feel like you're invested in these characters, and then what happens next to them uh, is going to mean that much more. Because now yeah, we it's going to get find real, out, like, real crazy, real yeah. real crazy, and I am very excited. And it and... seems like. Uh, like it's only gonna be one episode, like Rohan's adventure, like down down Death Street, and that that's cool. Like yeah. So yeah, we're not gonna get into it too much because there's no, a, no, no, no. there's some there's some stuff that's about to happen. So we'll let we'll let y'all enjoy that. And yeah. I think that brings us to the end of our very special episode of What a Beautiful Podcast. Yeah. Uh, tune in next time for episode six. Um, maybe the return of a favorite segment. We don't know. Oh, probably. Oh no, I'm scared. Probably not because the Jojolian chapter is gonna come out like in the next. Oh right, days. yeah, we might actually have another chapter of Jojolian next week. Yeah, so you you were saved this week, my friend. Maybe <laughs> it's just another week for me to gather material into my oh, dark God. dark cave. So, so next week we're gonna start the first couple chapters of Battle Tendency. And as always, we'll have a new episode of Diamond Unbreakable. And hopefully, for my sake, there'll be a new chapter of Jojolian. <laughs> and we'll see you guys then. See y'all later. <laughs>